Double Dragon 2, The Revenge. And welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. So unlike Bowser, who constantly just kidnapped Princess Peach, the Shadow Warriors decided that since kidnapping Marion in the first game didn't work out, this time they're just going to shoot her point blank on the streets. Yeah, I mean, if I were a villain, I would want to remove any kind of leverage that I had in any future <laughs> confrontation by just eliminating them. And was... was I mean, the revenge is obviously speaking to you getting revenge, but is the initial onset here they're them getting revenge on you? Yeah, they don't actually give you any background as to, like, what you might have done to them before all this. Like, you may actually have it coming. Or Billy. Well, what you did in the first game is why they're right. doing it. Well, then who started it? Like, did Billy... Them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they clearly kidnapped Marion, so it's like, in the first game, they start... But why did they kidnap her in the first time? Like, I think you, maybe you did something wrong the first time. Mm. Sounds like We're you're projecting, Sean. Territory. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe this is a blameless game, but I'll tell you who uh, would like to place some blame on people, and that would be Marion, because she was shot dead. It's true. She's not, like, coming back in, like, a triumphant scene at the end or whatever, the game starts with being, like, all hope is lost. Like, your girlfriend's dead. Yeah, I mean, is this, like, cool. the darkest we've gone in, like, the, the opening plot of any game we've played Yeah, this so is far? pretty dark. Like, <laughs> nuclear war, New York is a wasteland. Uh, the nuclear war just feels secondary dead. to the girlfriend yeah. being dead part, though. Like, that's what's <laughs> I mean, crazy. It's, it's 1990X again, so you know it's bad. Uh... <laughs> Were you they know. is the 1990X thing like so they're like oh so now it's timeless because we'll never <laughs> yeah. surpass 1990 yeah for the next 10 years yeah. it's timeless That's a good point though Joe because we are coming on like all the millennial millennium talk so why would they do 19XX but I guess maybe because it see it's 2Xs so they're not even saying it takes yeah. place in the 90s it could have taken oh, yeah. place in the 1920s <laughs> any time in the 1900s yeah <laughs> They're probably thinking, they're like, nobody's going to talk about this in 10 years from now. In the cutscene uh, that they do to let you know that uh, Marion's been killed, it's done through just, like, images uh, with some nice pixel art and everything, but, like, that's how they tell the story. In the, like, other versions of this game, it's actually, like, a gameplay-style cutscene where you watch them, like, shoot her. Like, it's not, it's not, um, it's not just, like, a slide. It's like, no, you're, we're going to make you, like, see it happen without being able to do anything on your <laughs> controller. So, yeah, really brutal well, game. Yeah, so, wait, you're saying that in the first one, the, the this was all, like, in-game play? And then in this one, it's, it's cutscenes? No, I was saying in the other versions of Double Dragon 2. Like, in the NES version, they're nice oh. enough to just, like, tell the story before you start the game. And then when you start the game, you just go right into it. So, I guess if you, like, are one of those people that skips... The, the, like, start, you know, those kinds of things, then, like, you just would just start the game and just start beating people up and not knowing. You'd be oblivious to the idea that your girlfriend's dead. <laughs> you just think, I like, mean, yeah. I kind of like, so, so you're saying that the other versions of this game don't have that high fidelity art. 
No, yeah, instead you're right in the game and they just make it happen in the game before you can eat. Like, you know, you see your player there, but you can't do anything. Huh. I mean, I kind of like that. It means we kind of, we got more content that way. Yeah, I don't know, though. We got, we got like a slideshow instead of, you know, I, I, I would opt for anything to happen. You know, come on, we're in like the God of War times where like <laughs> those games are just now, they're all movies all the time and there's never any cuts, right? It's all seamless. See- I think that the the slideshow is more um, cinematic and epic, time. but the uh, I do get what you're saying about like the the kind of harshness of like you actually being there as the player, and it's like, well, nothing. You failed. You let her die. <laughs> like it kind of feels more a little closer to home that way. <laughs> well, you cut the controls to my controller. So <laughs> no, no, no. Like it's- <laughs> no, it was you. It was your fault, Sean. Okay. Sean, I, you're making me think I of people just that. like pressing buttons, like trying to stop it. Like the, this time, <laughs> it's going to be different. Yeah, I think there probably is one combination of inputs that you could do that is a cheat code that allows you to save her. So, ooh, Double Dragon Two, like the first game, is a side-scrolling beat 'em up where you attack enemies on screen with punches and kicks and combinations of uh, maybe jumping and kicks or punching from behind or uppercuts or you get the idea fists and feet that's what you're using this isn't the kind of game where like all of a sudden you have some magic abilities or something like that this is fists of fury going on here and previously on double dragon due to the technical limitations of the nes uh that were not uh, worked around when the game came out it only generated two enemies on screen at a time to confront the player and then once you defeat all uh two enemies then another two enemies come on and so on and so forth The first game also omitted uh, the arcade's two-player cooperative mode, so you could only play uh, as uh, Billy, and then uh, if Billy died, it would you know you start over as Jimmy as player two. You couldn't. uh, uh, Sorry, no, 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 that's not true either. Actually, it was that the plot was changed so that your brother was the evil villain at the end of the game. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, Yeah. Jimmy was behind it all. Yeah, so they they changed that, uh, and then there was a mode B where uh, it was basically like a fighting uh, game uh, a la Street Fighter before Street Fighter. Yeah, so they, they kind of fixed one of those things and they added back two players, but the whole um, only two enemies on the screen and even then there were going to be like the same variety of enemies, that's still a thing. And I'm surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like there, I mean, I'm sure that there was technical limitations, otherwise that wouldn't be a thing, but I, I wouldn't really understand why otherwise. It's just that we've seen games where, like, I mean, I guess maybe now because they've worked in the two players being able uh, to be on the same screen that maybe they, like, they've solved that problem and they were like, yeah, we don't care about solving the two player, the two enemy <laughs> thing. Like, that, that's yeah. just, leave that code as is. I also got to imagine, just just guessing this here too, but it's like, this isn't like a lot of other games that aren't like a beat 'em up like this where you're just slashing at enemies and there's just like one I've been hit animation and one hit animation. It feels like each enemy needs to have like, you know, you're, you're hitting them, you, you grab their face and punch them, you'll throw them over your shoulder. Like there's a lot that like I yeah, feel a lot like of the game has to think about for each yeah. enemy as you're doing it. So like I, I wonder if that makes it harder to populate with like a bunch of enemies that all have to kind of keep track of these animations. It also could have been like, oh, we can either do two players or we can do multiple uh, different varieties. And they didn't want to like change the way it played uh, if you were in the one or two player mode. 
um, or it was just too much work. Any of these totally random guesses could be true. Just thinking about how the game works, would you want even more than two enemies? Like, I, you know, this is not the kind of game where, uh, you know, la- last week we were playing Demon's Sword, and that was a very, very fast game. Enemies are constantly spawning. You're constantly doing one-hit KOs on them. This is a game where you're, like, getting into a fist fight yeah. with another enemy, and it takes some time. They get knocked down. You get knocked down. You got to get back up, fight them again. Do we really want, like, to deal with four guys at once on the screen who are all, like... Well- unified in taking us down i'd say that my big my biggest gripe isn't so much more than two enemies because i think you're right like that is enough to deal with um i think that they just could have sort of expanded uh the amount of scenarios you can be in by having those two enemies be different types so you could be dealing with a regular brute guy and a uh chain wielding uh hot pants girl like i think those could have added different scenarios you had to deal with and but you can't like you can only play against twins yeah yeah that's true i actually didn't even really realize now that you mentioned it i'm kind of uh surprised i didn't notice that you that there's never multiple varieties on the screen at once yeah they actually go over that in the manual too i was i was at least appreciative of their honesty (laughs) <laughs> what was their in-canon explanation? Oh, you know what? Maybe I'm thinking of the Wikipedia article. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, at the the Shadow Warriors have been trained uh, as yeah. twins from <laughs> yeah. birth, and they all must come together as a package, brother and sister, sister and sister, brother and brother. Yeah, no, that was definitely just the Wikipedia article. Yeah, I mean, same it, thing. it does add a symmetry when you're playing two-player. You're all, yeah. both always taking on the same threat. I'm not saying that's a good, like, thing necessarily but it's just just an observation yes exactly that's what we do here Mm -hmm. so this is one of those beat-em-up games where you uh you know you can't progress any further until you take on the enemies uh that are currently laid out in front of you so you can't like just skip them you have to the the screen locks and you must fight them how do we think about not the pace of play when it comes to locking the screen we've talked about that on past episodes the pace of the the actual matches themselves is there a, is there variety there for you? Is there um, enough of a move set to to keep this interesting? What do you guys think? I think that uh, that the added special moves uh, definitely add to the variety of um, like that that pace that pace definitely changes because if you're good enough at this game, like you can actually go faster. Like you, just because you're locked and have to dispatch these enemies. Like, if you're not very good, like me, um, you kind of, you just have to do the same combo over and over, and it'll take you a while to get through some of these enemies. But if you're good, and you know how to do, like, the super uppercut right off the bat, or uh, get that jumping, spinning kick, and you're able to sort of knock an enemy off a platform, like, you can actually like have this go a lot faster and and I'm sure like speed running is a thing for this game uh because especially in the the segments where like there is a time limit like there's there are screens where a platform is slowly disappearing behind you and when I was playing this the first time I was just like this is impossible like I am playing these against these enemies and I'm doing like I'm going the fastest with like the standard combos and then I have to deal with this big dude that was a boss earlier, um, and I just wasn't good enough at like the special moves 
So I, I guess I'm kind of using several topics here to talk about that, but there, there is, if, if you're good at this game, you could, you definitely have control over the pace of this game. Yeah. And it, I think that it also, the, the enemy variety, well, not like the most we've seen, it does, it does add to it with like, different enemies have different weapons or different speeds. I mean, there's big bulky guys that like are slower, but I assume stronger or take a lot more to take down for sure. Uh, and then there are people with like grenades that you have to think about, like they throw a grenade, you got to either get out of there or throw it back or, you know, before it explodes and weapons that you pick up. Like it does feel like it's never like, it does feel like there's enough to like change it up to keep it from getting like really, really samey with all the fighting. Yeah, and I think, forget about the whole, like, two enemies at a time thing and, and that being, like, what dictates the pace of play here. I think the appeal of a lot of these beat-em-up games, not even just the Double Dragon series, because it, it was somewhat in the first game. It is in the second game a little more announced, but uh, obviously in the arcade versions, too. It's the, like, set pieces that they, des- they design, like, how the screen locks and what's happening in those moments. Like, yeah, sometimes you're just on a street and you got to take care of... Uh, a wave of enemies but there's some surprising locations or encounters or like ways that they change the movement like you have to you have to jump which is not something you know that's almost a move in itself uh you have to jump to kind of volley between uh a set of enemies or when you're inside the helicopter and the door opens and it like sucks you like those are the cool beats in this game when 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 people explode out of a wall that you're not expecting. I think that's what keeps the game fresh more than the variety of the combat because you have all of the entire moves that you can do in this game right from the beginning. It's not like a at le- after level 2 like you learn a secret new move from a sensei who taught you this move uh because you rescued yeah. him. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah, the and it's not even just like the one time uh, a gimmick of the helicopter, which what what that does is it makes it so when a door opens, you're getting sucked out, and that does add some complexity to the fight. But also, there are situations where you just like don't have any room to jump. Like when you're in a you're underground, and there's just this one little uh hole that enemies have fallen down out of. But like everywhere else, like if you jump, you're gonna hit your head and you're gonna fall. Um. And so, yeah, the, there's a lot of variety in just the the, the scenarios uh, in terms of the uh, the level design. Um, I don't think that takes away from my my earlier point of saying that like having a different combination of two would would help. But um, I don't, I think they did well with what they dis, what they determined were their their constraints. Yeah, I, I felt like those those set pieces um, to me made it feel more like, oh, like less like I'm just walking through different backgrounds doing the same thing. It felt like, oh, I am actually going somewhere. This world exists and I'm going somewhere. And I always appreciate that. And I and I like how they like were incorporated into like the way you had to think while taking on each level and the enemies in each level. Um I think to varying degrees of success, but mostly I think uh it was successful. There were a couple times where I felt like because the environment was a platform that I couldn't fall off of, but the like the knockback is very big. It just felt like okay, so suddenly now any hit is a one hit KO. Maybe that was intentional. No, it I felt think like it was. it was just like say it again. It, 
I think it was intentional. And and it's not even just like, oh, falling off a platform, but there will also be situations where they sort of take out that third dimension. Like in most most of the fighting arenas, they like you can move up and down uh to sort of sidestep enemies, but there are also situations where it's just like a standard 2D side scroller, so you have no control over that Z axis and the way that you either avoid contact or have to deal with dispatch this enemy, uh, you have to do that with different rules. So I I thought that that was creative too. Yeah, I guess what I, what I'm saying is I feel like um, there were parts later in the game, second half of the game, where I felt like it started the environment started leaning really into platforming, but I did not feel this game strong point was platforming so it felt a lot of times i was frustrated where i was like wait a minute like i this is really the controls don't feel designed to do this and sometimes so like that jumping up the train was a pain in the ass yeah that and i feel like that was just like a that was just like a a taste of what was to come when it came to platforming (laughs) yeah Special moves, um, as I believe they're referred to. Uh, you have the cyclone kick that I'm pretty sure was in the first game. That's when it's like a spin kick that you do in the air. The other two moves, the uppercut and um, the knee kick, are ones that can only be done from a crouching position, which is not, you can't like crouch by pressing down on the D-pad. You have to jump to get into the crouch position, and only from there can you then like you know combo into it to do those special moves. You know, do you think that that was something that, like, okay, yeah, those are those are fine too, but that they should have maybe thought about other, uh, like a, a different crouching method, or it just feels weird that it goes only into a jump because I don't know. I feel like in certain situations against certain enemies, it'd be cooler just to like do an uppercut rather than jump, land perfectly so that they're in front of you and then uppercut into them. I I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but it just felt very situational. No, I, I mean, I know what you mean because I just played the game, but. Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of uh, just the amount of buttons on the controller, like a lot of games we talk about. But I also think that if, I don't know, if you tapped down twice, so like a double tap down, instead of moving down on the screen, you will you will crouch. I think that would be silly. Uh, like I think you'd accidentally do that sometimes, I think. Uh, if you could just do special moves out of that stance uh, willy-nilly, it would kind of mess with the, the difficulty of the game. Um, I think that, yeah, you have to jump into it, but I think that added some like skill ceiling to the game. I don't think it was a bad idea. And arguably the biggest change to the combat is how you punch and kick, because in the first game, uh, punch and kick were dedicated button so it never it never changed uh, your kick button was your kick button and your punch button was your punch button in this game it's changed so that whatever direction you're facing the uh, i don't even know how to properly like say this but basically like the direction you're facing uh matters in terms of whether you're going to punch or kick from behind like a back kick so yeah it's basically and and I thought that we'd played a game that worked like this before, so I, I, I assume was it like that? It wasn't Kung Fu, but yes, we did play a game just like this. Um, yeah, so I just assumed it was the first one, but so 
A and B designate the direction that you're going to hit or, or that you're going to attack. And then your stance relative to the enemy determines whether you're going to punch or kick. Um, so if you're facing an enemy to the right you and you want to punch, you're going to press B. Um, if you want to kick them instead, you gotta turn. You gotta like turn your back to them. So yeah, that's I how feel I'd like maybe it. we maybe we experience this in another beat 'em up, but then also maybe a shmup or two. Because I feel like this isn't the first time I remember A and B, or not even like the second or th- like I feel like we've had that a couple times. Right? I think it Where was. I think it was Renegade is the one that uh, you know uh, had the like situational depending on which way you were. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't like remember off the top of my head, but for some reason, Renegade feels right because that's, yeah. I mean, that's also a, uh, a Taito game. Yeah. Okay. But, but I guess I, I remember, I'll say always, cause I remember it happening more than once, but if not, then I guess it's just the one <laughs> other time, uh, I remember hating it until I get used to it. And then I actually really kind of like that. I, I actually think it's like very intuitive is the wrong word. Cause I need to get used to it. But once I get used to it, it's very comfortable. Yeah. I'd call it intuitive. Yeah, I guess it's just it goes against it goes against yeah. <laughs> what I have learned. So I have to like relearn it first. And then they describe like, it because they describe it in the manual as like arcade style, which I guess makes sense. Um I just never thought of it that way. Alright, confirming that it is Renegade, that was the one that uh had the punch and kick map the same way as Double Dragon 2, but um my information was slightly wrong. Not Taito making both games. Technos Japan developed both games: Double Dragon Two, The Revenge, and Renegade. Just take take the audio of you saying that right now and paste <laughs> it over your earlier mentions. I'd like to give and full transparency. I mean, everybody knows we're not perfect, right? We're not even. We'll do great. that, but then leave this part in where he's yeah. suggesting you do that, and then they'll know that you edited. And they'll it. know. Well, you're still just as honest. And you can set the difficulty levels in this game, um, which is interesting. You you can choose between uh, easy, medium, and hard. I suppose it's just stars. Uh, but the the difference is that only by choosing the hardest level can you access all nine stages and see the true ending. At the easiest difficulty level, the game ends after the third stage, and in the middle difficulty. It allows the players uh, to go all the way to the eighth stage, but not the ninth and final stage. So the only way to really get to uh, the final boss is on the hard difficulty. What do you think about that? Like, not just changing whether, like, enemies take more damage or they're smarter or something like that, but instead just gating off how far you can get in the game based on the difficulty. It depends on the way you look at it, I think. Because I don't hate it in this instance. But I'm not, I mean, I didn't beat the game. I, I, I think I got like a little over halfway through, to be honest. But then, I, you know, I watched the ending and it looks like a pretty satisfying, um, you know, quote unquote, final boss, even though it's technically not. So to me, it feels like, oh, that's like bonus content. That's like right now playing something on like, whatever, critical, hard mode, whatever, whatever it is in the game you're playing and getting bonus content for playing or getting extra, getting... I mean, I feel like that kind of thing still happens today, where it's like, oh, you get like the the secret final ending if you beat it on like the hardest, yeah. but you still get a satisfying ending if you beat it, um, you know, on normal or whatever. I don't think that the the other endings are satisfying enough. Like, I do think that the way that the game actually ends with you, spoiler alert, 
discovering that your girlfriend is still alive, yada, yada, yada. Like, that should be probably saved for beating the game as it was intended to be played. Um, but if you could just fight, like, you know, a nerfed version of that enemy, uh, of that final boss, and then, like, oh, you beat him, you did it, but maybe there's a different way to go about it, and you'd get rewarded for it. Um, like, you get your revenge, but you don't, like, get the best ending. Maybe just because, like, the th- the first three levels, like, if if the intent is for it to actually be a practice mode, sure, but then just have a practice mode and not the first three levels of the game. I, I just found it a weird arrangement. Sean, I'm not usually upset about spoilers, but I totally tried to fake our audience out with the idea that she was never coming back to life uh, earlier in this episode. So, you know. Um, well, my point was No, no, important. it's great. It, it is, it's very important because you're absolutely right that, like, they wouldn't do that in the kind of video games that Joe was describing. And, and you know, Joe, not that you're wrong either. That, that is definitely something that still happens. But, like, they wouldn't save the, like, most important story beat for only the hardest difficulty mode. You know, like, wh- whether you beat the games nowadays, it's like, you could beat the games with, like, I just want to play the story. That's an option for most games now, modern games that have difficulty settings. It's like, I'm the kind of person who doesn't know how to play video games. I just want to experience the movie. And, like, they let you do that and basically walk through the game. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I guess I was thinking more of just, like, the gameplay side of it and not so much, like, the plot side of it, which is rare for me because usually I'm always thinking about the plot side of things. Yeah. And it's hard to... um... It's hard to justify this at all when I'm about to reveal to you guys that the Famicom version uh, just lets you, uh, you know, go see the entire game regardless of what difficulty setting you pick. So you could be on easy and actually go through all nine levels. You didn't have to um, play the game on the hardest level just to experience the full game. And still see that your dead girlfriend is alive. What a sentence, but yes, you can still see that. (laughs) What do you do? After that, you got to get married, right? Well, <laughs> no. Then Billy gets, like, commitment issues. Like, now that, you know, now that he has what he was looking for, he's not sure if he actually wants it. They have a lot of fights. They go to counseling for a little bit, but they eventually break up. Yeah, but that's in Double Dragon 3. That's Double All Dragon right. 3. Yeah. There's no fighting in that one. It's just... It's, it's, just it's a social sim. It's yeah. a social simulator, yeah. <laughs> You're required to, uh, I'm calling it a cheat code here, but you have to do like a, a series of inputs at the uh, game over screen to continue from the to the previous stage. In the Famicom version, this is just like the continue button's just there. You just click continue and you go right back to the previous stage. Well, again, why are we removing this stuff from games? Like this seems uh, inconsequential. And it also, yeah, it also seems like don't, I don't understand why they always try to make it harder for like this, the 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 re- the international release. Right, we're the people who couldn't get Super Mario Brothers two, <laughs> the original one, because it was too hard. But all of a sudden, it's like make them put in really complicated inputs if they want to <laughs> if they want to keep playing the game. Gate off the entire game if they have the balls to say they want to play on easy mode. <laughs> yeah, imagine if like Netflix's "Are You Still Watching" was like you have to hit up, up, down, down, left, right on your remote. <laughs> you know, like yes, I am watching. I am watching. <laughs> do this do this long division problem and show your work if you're still watching
and they changed a lot between Double Dragon and Double Dragon 2. Yes, obviously, graphic fidelity-wise, it's a, it's a different looking game, and it definitely looks prettier, but I, I just mean in general, like, I do think Double Dragon 2 gets more of the, like, you know, it's a longer game, it's a larger game, but the biggest change is the one that we, you know, we acknowledged at the beginning, but we haven't talked about yet, is the two-player co-op, because this this is the kind of game, just like uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade games, just like the X-Men arcade game, like, these are the kinds of games where just adding the ability to play with a friend, I'm thinking of even Contra, right? Like, the difference between playing yeah. Contra by yourself and playing Contra with another person, it's not like the game is, like, so easy now, and it, it, but it's just, it's 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 so much faster it's so much more like especially knowing that double dragon 2 is the kind of game that only gives you two enemies at a time it's very much divide and conquer scenario like you're both feeling good you're both participating everybody's doing their part like if the, if there is just one enemy left you're both kicking the well, shit out of them like well this is where i asked uh did joe did did you play with friend of the show mark or uh mike did you play with your wife well, I played with my sister this time, actually. Friend of oh. the show, Mark, is out of town, but uh, my sister played, got, uh, we got, post, post, she's not as much of a uh, classic game player as I am, which I wasn't <laughs> much of one before this podcast, um, but we both got pretty much equally as far. I got a little bit further, but then I died, and that's when I, so we both got about halfway through. Um, I think that, I mean, if you remember on our on our Best of 89 episode, I was kind of coming at Double Dragon a little bit, I was, I was I replayed it and I was like, I didn't remember that you couldn't play co-op. I thought that was the whole thing with Double Dragon. Like, <laughs> I had forgotten that, like, it was just, or maybe I just never tried it when we did the episode or, or whatever. But, like, I think that a, a beat-em-up especially, like, I think that they shine in co-op. I mean, we all know that I love playing co-op with any of these games. But, like, I, I think that, um, yeah, it's exactly what <laughs> one of you was just saying, which was, like, you feel like you both have your part to play. There are times where it's like, okay, you take him, I'll take him. There, there are bosses that will like pick one of you up, and you gotta like kind of like, oh, c- come get me, come save, you know, punch him to like get him to drop me or whatever. Like, feels like you're actually working together. Joe, it's funny that you mentioned that the first game didn't allow co-op because isn't that like the whole point of why it's called Double Dragon? That it's right. like you know, like aren't we like Jimmy and Billy the Double Dragons? Exactly. I always thought that the whole twist. I mean, I must have at some point known this wasn't true, but, like, I, by the time we recorded Best of 89, I had thought that the whole twist of, like, you have to fight each other was impactful because you had been fighting alongside each other the whole game, but not that you were just alternating the whole game. So you just made up a game. <laughs> Another spoiler yourself, for you. Joe. <laughs> uh, I also played, uh, we played, I should say, and, uh, you know, those are the kinds of games that, this is a good testament for the game when you have somebody who doesn't usually play video games and it still like is useful to have that with you, you know, um, because yeah, they feel like they're doing something, but also <laughs> it helps you a little bit too. So even if you were in a situation where like I don't know, you're nine years old, you got this game, and your mom's forcing you to play with your four year old brother who doesn't quite understand video games yet, it's not like you know, oh, he's bringing me down. Like it's just okay, they're on the screen too. Like it's inconsequential yeah, yeah. to what's happening. And also, that maybe it helped. Maybe they help a little bit. Maybe the buttons that they press wind up doing stuff. And that's what <laughs> wound up happening in, in uh, our playthrough. Worth mentioning, though, that you can uh, really screw each other over with a second mode that it allows you to play through the whole game again as a two-player co-op, but this time with friendly fire turned on so you can also hit each other. I like other. that. 
Maybe not if uh, I'm playing with my wife, uh, who you're describing as a four-year-old child, but <laughs> I I do like that if you both know what you're doing. I, I don't. <laughs> I feel like it would just be too many accidents. Maybe I'm just too much of a baby, but I'm just like, eh, I don't want to, I don't have to worry about where my, uh, where my partner is. I mean, it's just a preference. I don't think it's a point against the game or anything. It's just, I don't think I would choose that way. It's great that it's another mode. Cause then it's like, I don't yeah. even have yeah. to think about it. If this was put right. into the two player co-op, it would have been a major, uh, complaint for, you know, a certain people based on, I don't know. Like I'm thinking about the more people you have on screen, like, uh, we played as a nostalgia family. We played uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge as a six-player beat 'em up, and there, there's when you're six players all playing on <laughs> Xbox Live together. There's more of you than there are enemies on the screen, so it's like yeah. you're just winning all the time. Nothing can go wrong. <laughs> but imagine if friendly fire was turned on, then it would be like, right. a, you know, a weird <laughs> dance of like, okay, don't come over here though, because I'm beating up yeah. this guy. Like the the thing to me when it's like a beat 'em up like that, where it's like if I'm imagining. Like, it's trying to simulate, like, oh, yeah, I'm pretending I'm this person fighting these people. Like, it's just, it's so easy to just accidentally be in the same place and punch each other. Whereas, like, I feel like if I'm in a fight in real life and I'm, like, next to, like, my sister, it's pretty easy for me to not punch her, like, in real life. <laughs> so I feel like that makes it, like, that's you where I'm, know. like, uh, I don't know. Like, I wasn't, that's not what I was, I was Have trying you been to aim at that person. But there's in a so no-holds bar, bare-knuckle uh, brawl with your sister? <laughs> Like uh, as your as your ally, you don't. I have know. full control. I have full control over my fists. I see. <laughs> Lethal weapons right here. <laughs> the problem with the two player co op is that it uh, ignores the ending of the first NES game. Which remember, the NES games are different than the arcade games. So, uh, and I mean truly different, not just like that one plot element. Like they're not the same games they're not they're not even the same levels so it's it's a little upsetting that we sacrificed uh the great you know i'm your brother uh reveal as like the guy who was the head of the shadow warriors and instead it's like that never happened what are you talking about this guy with like vague magic powers is the head of the shadow warriors so isn't that what gets carried on though as canon for the rest of double dragon like isn't like your your brothers and allies going forward oh yeah, yeah yeah but i'm just saying in the original nes game that didn't happen you know it was revealed that it was your brother yeah i know that but i'm just saying that like by, by that account the first nes game is gaiden yes yes agreed okay yep so i i prefer it this way that it it sort of if it, if it's gonna if if anything's gonna get retconned uh, I appreciate that now Double Dragon 2 is on the, the the correct path. Right, and eventually, who knows, maybe it'll be like Final Fantasy where the numbers finally catch up with each other. <laughs> oh, no. That never actually happened, but uh, the whole world pretended like it did when Final Fantasy 7 came out. I, I wonder what that was like, because I was too young. But, you know, everybody was so hyped on Final Fantasy 3, which was 6, <laughs> and then and then they get the announcement for 7. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had to find out wait, but, we, but we played uh, six i didn't know yeah i didn't know until like a decade later that there was ever a skip so i that it, it was beyond me same as this uh them not being the same as the arcade game like i would never have known these kinds of mysteries are what actually get me like more interested if i'm being honest like it's it's just interesting marketing that makes me think 
for some reason, Final Fantasy 3 then going to 7 and knowing that 3 is actually 6, like, that kind of shit, like, excited me as a kid reading about retro gaming. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, I gotta play these games just because of that weird chronological bullshit. And so a podcast was born about chronological expositions. I just lived my whole life chronologically. Yeah. We should just skip, like, a hundred games. Yeah. And we'll just call, like, the next episode, like, episode 400. We have one more Double Dragon game on the NES, and that is Double Dragon 3, the Rosetta Stone. Save your jokes. We made them on the first episode of uh, Double Dragon, so there's no reason to repeat any jokes here. So unless you have something fresh, we'll just move on and not say anything about Double Dragon 3, the Rosetta Stone. Why are you making me not make learning a different language jokes right now? You you just don't want me to make that joke, Mike? I just think there are some people who might have listened to Double Dragon <laughs> in anticipation of this week's episode, and they don't want to hear your, like, you know, six out of ten jokes again. If you listen to Double Dragon uh, pre- preparing for this, let me know how it was, because I don't remember the jokes or the episode. Yeah, well... Yeah, I'm we're forbidden to re-listen. Right. <laughs> because so, of that I, joke. I really just don't respect what you said about me, Mike. Well, Sean, I respect you. And I just want you to uh, be my double dragon. (laughs) That's what they said, right? Billy said to Jimmy, like, will you be my double dragon? (laughs) Like, not even just my other dragon. Will you be my double dragon? Will you be my dragon squared? That's not double. Yeah. I mean, if it's two... Well, but it's not. It's dragon times dragon. (laughs) There's no numbers even involved. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Calm down, because we still have more Double Dragon 2 to talk about, and that's the PC Engine version of Double Dragon 2, which um, upgraded the combat, the graphic, and the music. Uh, Everything changes, pretty much, so it's basically a remaster at that point. But the, uh, the story sequences from the NES version were completely remade. Now they're animated, and with voice acting. They got lips and dialogue and everything, and they move their mouths. That's what I meant by lips. So they added um, lips to the game, Mike. They added they added moving mouths to the game <laughs> along with the voice uh, acting. So it's not just some uh, floating voice uh, reading off the text on the screen. Now the pixelated characters move their mouths, and it talks. It's pretty cool effect. It's called animation. Wow. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> but like pictures. More like learning a new language. More important to note that um, Double Dragon 2 on the arcade is a completely different game. Um, the There is no two max restriction on enemies. The game is um, four levels, but they're longer levels, so it's not divided up into like the nine that the NES were. It's just longer set pieces. And while the first stage loosely resembles um, the NES game, the level designs uh, are almost completely um, unrelated from Mission 2 onwards. Also, huh. yeah, also, the um the NES version had like the um marsh the nameless like martial artist dude who had somewhat magical powers uh, at the end of the game. Instead doesn't happen at all in the arcade game. Instead, you're Billy and um your arch enemy is named Willie. <laughs> and he just has a gun and he shoots your girlfriend with it 
and that's what you got to take down. Does he use it at all during gameplay when you're like fighting? I found that like an interesting plot point that no one has a gun. Well, I mean, it's however many years into a nuclear uh, like hellfire, so maybe they're just not making bullets anymore. You know, maybe yeah, uh, true. And yes, Willie uses a gun. Okay. All right. Well, never mind. <laughs> Both those things are true. <laughs> he was saving them. And we are saving one thing for last, and that is the essential games list. Double Dragon on the NES is currently an essential game, and I could see no reason why Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, is not worthy of also being on the essential games with that in mind. I mean, Double Dragon 2, at first I was, I was like a little unsure uh, of whether like, I was like, ooh, do I, do I really like these games? And as I kept playing it, and, you know, beat-em-ups have a rhythm to them. And you have, you know, you're not going to beat the game on your first time around. You might not even enjoy, like, certain types of enemies. But you learn these things as you go. And especially going back to Double Dragon, I was like, maybe there's something more, like, simplistic about that game. And more, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely, like, an easier bout. And uh, the, the size of everything is scaled down a little bit. So it's it's easier to digest but i like what they um added into double dragon 2 so all of that plus the addition of the co-op it's like for me double dragon 2 is just an upgrade in every real way from double dragon which is also a perfectly great game so to have um to have a 2 an nes2 game that uh doesn't completely change the formula of everything that we knew about the game and make it instead some RPG where you go across town talking to NPCs to try to track down the guy who killed your girlfriend. Instead, just following the same beat 'em up formula that the NES, uh, the first NES game laid down, and just working upon it. I definitely think this is worthy of the essential games list. Sean, yeah, I agree. Um, th- there are some complaints, like I do agree with Joe, and think that they got a little bit carried away with themselves in the platforming sections. Which you know, it's not like oh, you need to be pixel perfect, but um, the fact that you need to press two buttons to jump uh, and that you are punished quite heartily if you fail, I just wanted to point that out. We didn't go into too much detail about that in terms of like a criticism. But that being said, um, yeah, this is an upgrade in every way. Uh, I think it's a like it's a really cool story for what how simple this game actually is the uh the, the fact that it's got sort of like those ninja gaiden cutscenes i i really like um even though you can only fight two and two two of the same kind of enemy at a time i think that they have enough variety between themselves that that's totally fine um and yeah all those set pieces that we were talking about earlier like this is Double Dragon better. So yeah, this is also on the essential games list for me. Joe? I think that this is definitely... Uh, I would definitely also call this an upgrade. I think that it... It gives the, the plot... The simple plot and the feeling of progression, the feeling of story, these things I talk about all the time, um, they're there and they, and they work great. Um, as far as gameplay, I, I think this is a perfectly adequate beat him up just like its predecessor i i just don't see the like 
I see historically the value of these games and and I see the value of them playing them. Like I really do think that like they're fun games. I just when I think of like a beat 'em up, I just think we've evolved like so much past this game. I feel like that this is an instance of like if I look at it through the lens of nineteen ninety, this is a great game. But if I look at it through the lens of today, it's a great game, but I don't think I would call it an essential game. Just like I don't don't think I would call the first one an essential game. I think there are a few things like, um, like feedback when you hit somebody, or or there's like this heaviness to the movement that I think that other beat 'em ups that I've played just feel better and and like gameplay wise. I, I don't know. It's just something about these games. Like it sounds like I'm being negative to them. I really do think that they're fun, great games. I don't think I put it on my essential games list. So I'm, I won't. <laughs> Everybody's allowed to do whatever they want, Joe. And I'm, glad, I'm glad that you, uh, you know, you threw that in there. I would just say something to think about for you is like, you know, you have certain games on your essential games list and on the nostalgia essential games list that you put on just for the two player. And I think you could even if you're going to continue to do that, I think you deserve when Mark gets back into town to play <laughs> two player with him. And see if that changes it at all too, because I definitely think that when the time comes in the in the best of nineteen ninety, if we only had to keep one, it's hard to ignore the two player co op here on Double Dragon Two being a huge bonus to this game overall because it's it's such a fun game by itself, and then with the addition of another player, um, you know, again, it's not like the game gets any harder or gets any easier. It just becomes a more enjoyable social experience. And so, yeah, I think I'll it, definitely, it's worth it. I'll definitely do that. And, um, but like, but I, I guess my other point, or like bringing it back to my other point is that every other beat em up other than the original Double Dragon that I've ever played has co op. Not, not doesn't necessarily mean it's designed as well as it is in this game, but I just feel like it's, no, almost at this point, looking at it from today, it's not so much like a point for it as it is a point against the first Double Dragon. Like, why doesn't it have co-op? Yeah, I also just want to throw in there just not not so much to say that you're wrong, Joe, because obviously <laughs> this is just the way that you see things. But um, I would also just say that I think that the beat-em-up formula, uh, one hasn't really changed too much in the past 30 years because they've just sort of fallen out of favor in the past 30 years. Like there was mostly, mostly like a nineties thing. Um, and two that it, it also was just aged pretty well. Like a beat em up from this era is kind of on the same level of fun per capita as a later beat em up because like a lot of, what a lot of what was perfected in this genre was perfected a long time ago. So I would just say like, yeah, there might be, there's probably better beat em ups out there, but I, I don't think that like, if, if you put this game in front of a couple people, um, that they're immediately going to be like, well, I just want to do the newer one. I think this is just as enjoyable in some I circumstances. Mean, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I guess I'm not, I'm not like, Oh yeah, I got to play a beat em up from 2023. Like those, like, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> is, is there any, like, there's a there? couple, but uh, I'm thinking of like super Nintendo. I'm thinking even as, as super Nintendo Sega Genesis, I'm thinking like turtles in time. I mean, it's been a long yeah. time since I played that too, but like, I just feel like there's a feeling to it that I don't get. There's like a, there's like a speed and an actionness to like other beat em ups I've played that I don't get as much from here. I, I, I still think that. it's great. I still think it's yeah. a play it, but yeah. 
Double Dragon 4 was released as late as 2017. So not 2023, but pretty close. Wow. And Joe, to close one more loop, because you you said something, and I'm sure certain people, um, whether they're on our Patreon-only Discord or uh, on Twitter, are going to be like, you know, hey, I've been trying to tell you, like, the whole episode, I've been screaming at you guys. This was what Joe was talking about. Joe, you mentioned that you thought that the whole point of Double Dragon was that at the end of the game, you're forced to fight each other. That's and the arcade, right? That's the arcade game, yeah. yes. And that is that if both players manage to make it all the way to the end and defeat Willie, then um, if it's just one player defeating Willie, then the game just ends. But if both of the brothers manage to make it, then they are forced to fight each other to determine who will win Marion's affections, which of course don't matter because she's going to be shot dead in the sequel. <laughs> Or maybe it does matter because if you listen to this whole episode, you would know that it matters. We should retroactively now tell people when the spoiler was so they could have skipped it. Yeah, uh, it was actually at 20-something minutes, so I hope you didn't listen to that part. <laughs> you can't spoil things from 1990. Um, <laughs> I'm fairly positive on that. What were the top films of 1990? Does anybody want to spoil Goodfellas for no. us? Don't spoil it. Don't, I feel very strongly about this. I didn't see every movie that's ever come out in my lifetime. Some people might not have been born in 1990. In I, Awakenings, they all <laughs> they all kind of like revert back to their sick selves. Google must Cross it off your list. Google must be targeted to like specific people because I typed in 1990 films, just trying to see like what are the popular movies, and it even says popular 1990 movies, and it has Goodfellas. Jacob's Ladder, which is questionable. Sure, I guess it's a popular <laughs> 1990s movie. Then Dragon Ball Z, Bardock, the father of Goku. That's like a TV movie. That's not even a yeah, real that's movie. Yeah, like, that's not on my there's Google. There's no way that that's a popular movie from 1990 <laughs> that people like still discuss today. How Dragon Did Ball it Z win any Bardock. Oscars? Well, I know Forrest Gump was up against it for Best Picture. But uh, Forrest Gump was 94. Memphis what was, Bell. What was this? 19, oh, you're talking about 1990. 1990. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, in Memphis Bell, they all make it back. Um, one's just hurt. In it, they defeat it. <laughs> There's nothing funny about the way that you say they defeat it. Like, yeah, well, they defeat it. Yeah, they also defeat it. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Um, and we're gonna defeat every. No, that's not true. We're not. We don't even come close to beating half these games. But we're gonna defeat them in the sense of recording an episode about every single one of these NES games. So keep sticking with us right here. Um, next week, what do we have? Um, oh, Genghis Khan, right? Everybody wants to play the game about the uh, oh, no. greatest leader of all time. Is this another uh, Nobunaga? Ka yeah, Nobunaga. Yeah, I think it is. Oh man! All right, well, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll figure <laughs> it out. Um, the game takes place inside the virtual life of either Genghis Khan or one of his arch rivals. Yeah, it's like, come on. Stop doing this. Like, just make it a game about Genghis Khan. You called it Genghis Khan. Like, just force the player to be... We're going to talk about it all in the episode. Don't worry. This was, That was a preview. Psych. Psych.